Welcome to the Molding Life Show, where we tell the amazing stories of everyday people that are committed to building a better life for themselves and those around them, and in turn, build generational wealth. In this episode of the show, we talk about generational wealth and the importance of having a finance mindset and a saving mindset from an early age. And we have a guest speaker on the show, and her name is Kiara Nagia. Kiara Nagia, welcome to the show. So it's really, really good to have you on board. So uh, just to give everyone an idea, um, tell us what grade you're in and uh, what do you currently do? Thank you for having me. Um, I'm in grade seven and I'm currently a student at um, in primary school, so I don't have a job yet. Okay, um, so we weren't expecting too much more than that, uh, but I just wanted to give everyone an indication, pretty much, you know, what are we talking about? And so, Kara, the reason I'm having you on the show is some time ago, Auntie Shares and I did an episode on Profit First. So we spoke about money and we spoke about basically talking about how when we grow up, we don't really have really good guidance around what money is and how you should be saving and how you should have this the saving mentality. And I think that's, um, that's something that we, you know, like personally, uh, you know, as, for me as a person, I didn't quite have that guidance. Can you say the same? Actually, I, I cannot. Why not? Well, my dad has recently been teaching me about money. So at first, like I think every other child, I didn't know about money. But when I got to a certain age, he sat me down and he told me, okay, so I'm going to give you your first allowance, but this is how I want you to spend it. And I'm going to teach you how to save it. So what was that way of spending and saving it? So firstly, he told me every time you get a piece, you have an amount of money, you have to half it. And you put half of that away and you only use half of it. Okay. So so I think the term was you half you half live what you earn. So essentially you almost like imagine you don't have the full amount. And I think what most people do is they they live to how much they have. So if they've got, you know, ten thousand rands, they'll they'll spend to ten thousand rands. But there's many people, especially in this country, in South Africa, there's many people that live on much less than that. And the, the principle around this is that it doesn't matter whether it's a thousand rands or 10,000 rands or 100,000 rands, everyone lives to the amount that they have. So almost like if you trick your mind in terms of thinking, actually, you don't have 10,000, you only have 5,000 rands, that's the principle. But isn't that quite quite weird um, in terms of thinking of it like that? I mean, does it make you feel good in terms of, of, of um, that principle or does it make you feel almost like cheated because you're not really spending everything that you have? You see, this is, um, this is the smart part about this whole, um, whole manipulation kind of plan is that with the other half of what you're putting away, he told me to put it into an um, interest fund so that over the course of time, the money would just um, multiply itself and you don't have to do anything. 
Mm, that's actually quite smart. So what's the point of putting it into something where you would earn interest though? So I like to think of it this way. If you live off half of it and you put um, that money away, it might not seem like much then, but let's say you come back in about 10 years time, you've been adding and adding and eventually you have so much because you keep on adding. Mm, okay. So Kara, we were speaking some time ago about superheroes and, and I think, um, you know, the one amazing thing about superheroes is they all have these, these amazing powers, you know, that they can do stuff. So who's your favorite superheroes, Kara? Uh, I would say Iron Man is my top superhero. And your second and third and fourth? Um, the Hulk. And I like the Black, uh, I like Black Widow as well. And Batman. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so we were watching the, the Batman movie recently, which is actually pretty cool. The Christopher Nolan version of Batman with uh, Christian Bale. But um, so, yeah, so uh, it's interesting. Why Iron Man, though? And why the Hulk? Because I think most people would go, you know, probably with Superman. Yeah. So one thing I like about them is that in a way, they, they made their own future because I think they were ordinary at first and they, they decided to make a difference. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, you, you also do realize you're mixing up your, your comic um, houses though as well, hey? because you have a mix between DC and Marvel. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, so you don't really subscribe to either one. You just like I respect those characters. both. Uh, okay. I respect That's, both. Okay. There's lots of people that either say they like Marvel or they like DC. But I, I agree with you. I think on my, probably Black Widow, I, I, would, I don't know. Um, so I probably wouldn't put Black Widow there. But I agree with all of the ones that you mentioned now. Um, I like Batman, again, because he, he almost just decides he's going to do something. Uh, although he was wealthy. So, you know, that's something. I don't think the Hulk probably had a choice, but he's quite funny. So I think I'll give it that. And everyone, everyone kind of fears him, especially when he turns into the Hulk. So we'll give him that as well. Um, and Iron Man, definitely. I mean, Iron Man, I think most people do like. Um, and so Kira, the, the other thing I, I, we were speaking about was um, I heard the show once and it was someone that I follow on some of the podcasts. And he was talking about um, um, the, the name of the show was actually Kill the Cat, which sounds terrible, especially if you're an animal lover or anything like that. And fortunately, Bella is not walking around on our screens. But, um, you know, and what do, what do you think? So, so let me explain what that actually meant. So he, his daughter came to him and, he's, and she wanted another cat. Uh, and I say another cat because they already had, you know, a cat or they had maybe more than one. And when they did the whole analysis, they found that actually, you know, having another cat would cost between 500 rands to 1,000 rands a month. And so he convinced her that rather than getting another cat, maybe they should take that 
500 rands to 1,000 rands and put that into, as you said, an interest fund. Um, and she was probably around the same age as you, it sounds like it. So, you know, so in 10 years or 15 years, as you said, you know, this would be worth way more than probably having a cat that is not going to, you know, well, it will give you a companionship and, and everything that goes according to that. But, you know, it won't really give you that fund that you were talking about or that interest account um, and that compounded interest. What do you think of that story? Was that mean from the dad's side or was it, uh, was, was it quite a sneaky plan? I think he did it out of the best, um, the best interest for his daughter. I also think it's very smart um, to take what it would have cost on a whole and just um, put it into for interest. I also think um, in a way it also um, saved the girl from herself because why get something that you already have? Okay. Yeah, that's true. Because at first, I mean, I thought, but, but he did clarify it in the, in the podcast, you know, where he said, actually, it wasn't, you know, if it was the only cat, yeah, then that, that would have been, you know, probably okay. But because it wasn't the first one, and they already had a cat, you know, he wasn't really depriving her of anything. Um, so changing things a little bit, um, do you think there's any really good books that anyone your age or anyone that wants to learn about money or finances or, or strategy around, around money do you, do you have any recommendations for them? I'm so glad you asked me that. So I the top recommendation I have, and basically the only one, is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Why do you say that? He explains it from the point of view where even a child like me can understand what he's trying to say. And he makes everything simple and straightforward. Okay. So have you learned anything from there so far? I mean, is there one or two points that you think, um, I know you haven't, you know, we haven't finished reading the book completely, but um, is there anything that you've already learned that you think would be absolutely amazing to speak about? I think I want to talk a bit about what he calls the rat race. Okay. What is the rat race? The rat race is a trap that most grown-ups fall into um, when working for someone else. So it's, um, it's motivated by two things, fear and desire. The desire to have more money and the fear you might lose what you have. It's what keeps adults going back to their job every single day. You wake up, you go to your job that you don't like, you get paid, you spend it on something else and then you realize you don't have as much money as you thought. So you get up the next day and do it all over again. Hmm. It's interesting you saying you're talking about the rat race, Kiara, when you haven't really been in the rat race so far. So does it does it mean that you are a lot more wiser, I think, when you actually eventually get to that starting point of the rat race? That's one of the things um, I really like about this book is that it's not telling you what to do exactly. It's giving you another perspective. So it's just a guide. You don't have to follow it, but if you want to, you can. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the part that's uh, really 
difficult is that you don't really realize that you're in the rat race when you're in the rat race. And it's not like there's a starting point and everyone, you know, they click the gun and they say, okay, you're off now. And so it's so easy to get caught up in it. And, you know, when you start working in your 20s and then you carry on working in your 30s and then you have a family and then you're constantly in this rat race until someone tells you, actually, something doesn't seem right. And I think that's the part, I think, with the book that he was trying to to get across is that you almost need to be you need to be intentional about this. You need to know what's kind of happening around you. And um, we haven't gotten to that part as yet, you know, where he talks about how do you get out of the rat race quite um, quite nicely because he has a system around that. But um, the, the title is quite interesting, though, don't you think? Why Rich yes. Dad and Poor Dad? So in the book, um, he has his normal father, um, his birth father, who is described as the poor dad and his friend's father, who's described as the rich dad. Ah, okay, cool. So, so he, he doesn't actually have two dads. Ah, okay, cool. That got me confused for a long time as well in terms of how would that be. But um, obviously in the book, it almost like his rich dad was his adopted dad, his teacher dad, and mm -hmm. his poor dad was his real dad. Um, exactly. And from that, I mean, do you find, do you think that you, you're going to be a lot more, um, I think, aware when you get to earning your, you know, your own money or being in a position where you earn a lot more money? Do you think between what you said earlier about, about saving and between the book of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, do you think you're in a better space? Yes, I really do think I'm in a better space. Okay. Why do you say that? Well, apart from the fact that we haven't finished the book yet, um, I've been taught to be more mindful and um, be more aware of what to do with money. So it's harder for, um, from what I know, it's harder for adults to accept certain things. But as a kid, I've been influenced a bit more. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you say that, and and hopefully influence from a good, good way, Kiara. So no, no, no. So a good way, a good way. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, the reason we're doing, or I'm doing the show, you know, for Molding Lives, is actually to to say from a from a generational wealth, and you would be the next generation. So from a generational wealth, how would how would we get better over time? And um, if you don't know, you can't get better. And I think that's the key part. But if you do know, then you can. And I think the other key part with this is that if you have a good, good enough foundation, you should be able to make uh, your life a lot better. And I think that's, that's the reason that we put so much of emphasis on, on education and knowledge and, and just basic stability to be able to, you know, to get to be better. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, I really wanted to have you on board because um, I think when we spoke about profit first, it was it was even for for Auntie Shaz and I, you know, when we were speaking about it, it's something that I try to follow all the time now. But in the book of Profit First, what the author talks about was uh, when you get money, you first want to take away the money that you want to keep your profit. So normally your your money coming in. 
less your money like expenses so you know the money that people pay you and then the, pe the money that you have to pay other people the, the the amount that's left is your profit that's your your true money that's almost like the salary that you earn in a business uh, context but most people they make very little profit and what he he challenges everyone and he has a system as well he challenges everyone to almost think of the profit first so what you do is when money comes in you actually take your money out first and and, in, and like you said manipulation you manipulate your mind to only work on the remainder as expenses so it forces you to almost make decisions um, that are much more difficult so rather than renting a bigger bigger office rent you have to rent a smaller office rather than hiring you know 20 people maybe you can hire only 15 people uh, rather than spending on some software product that you're probably not going to use, don't spend it on that. So it almost like forces you to do that. And um, so I thought that was quite nice. And so when we were talking to, you know, our client, well, potential clients or clients um, around the business aspects of the finances and profit first, um, that was that was what we were saying. And then when we came up with the Molding Lives show, I was always thinking, you know, we're talking about generational wealth. And who better to talk about generational wealth than someone that we've been training for years now around generational wealth. And um, so, yeah, I'm really glad to have you on board. I don't think we should leave it more than that. Is there anything else, Kara, I should have asked you or, or you think I should have asked you that I didn't? Um, hmm. No, I think we're okay. good. So I think we covered everything then around how someone like yourself can start thinking about money. Um, and although you haven't entered the rat races yet, I think when you do get to that starting line, probably um, you're in a better space and um, yeah, and you just know a little bit more. At least you'll know when you are in the rat race, as opposed to many more people that it just kind of sneaks up on them. Thanks again, Kiara. And hopefully we get to speak to you again soon. I would like that. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.